this is good stuff. Trust me, this is good stuff. I think this is, this is ministry for all of us. I know that it has ministered to me just as I've, I've read and researched this stuff that we're going to talk about today. Um, God has it for you this morning. So uh, let me pray. Lord, uh, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to meet with you this morning. We pray that you would speak to us through your word. God, change us. Uh, make us more and more into the likeness of your son. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, if you didn't do the life course, you might not know this about me, but I am a TV connoisseur. What that means is I watch a lot of TV. And uh, my TiVo is an enabler in my relationship, okay? Basically, it allows me to record all kinds of, of, of junk, all right? And, but every once in a while, you find a show, and it's like a gold nugget, all right? This is not one of those shows that I'm going to talk about this morning. There's, there's a show called America's Got Talent. Has anybody seen this? Right. I love RCC. We got no pride. People are like, yeah, I watch it. I'm not even going to lie about it. There, there's this show, America's Got Talent, where people come, you know, people off, it's just like every other reality show that we've stolen from England, where people get up and they, you know, do their talent and stuff. Well, they had this girl on uh, last year that was uh, just absolutely incredible, and her name was uh, Jessica Price. Does anybody remember that? Everybody's like, oh, I'm not going to go that far. I don't remember their names. Um, Jessica Price was this girl that was on America's Got Talent last year. And I remember, man, when she, when she first came on, I mean, God just spoke to me like, like this, this is such a picture of our relationship, of, of, of our relationship with him. Let me just tell you what happens. So uh, she's this girl. She's like really unassuming, unglamorous. You know, she literally was like a factory worker. And, you know, she gets up there. She's not really you know, making eye contact with people. And they do the little, the little snippet interview with her before, you know, so you can kind of hear a little bit about, about her before she does her performance. And she's talking about how she got into music. And she says, you know, I, I've always been into music because my dad was into music. And he got me into it. And uh, he was a worship minister at our church. And, uh, you know, I've always just been in, into music. And, um, you know, it was hard when he left us, when he left our family. And like, it's like, what, 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 what was that? And she goes on and just, you know, talks about her music or whatever and how it was an, a, a way for her to escape or something. Well, then she gets up and she sings. And the song that she sings is, I can't make you love me if you don't. And the whole time, I mean, she's like just, there's a depth to her singing the song. And it is apparent that it is not an accident that she shares this little snippet about her relationship with her dad. And then she gets up and she sings the song, I can't make you love me if you don't. And we know that her dad left the family. Her dad, who had gotten her into this music, and she sings a song, and it is absolutely incredible. Um, and so they go to the judges, and, um, and all of them are blown away, you know. Hasselhoff, who really cares what he thinks anyways, but he's, <laughs> he's blown away. Don't hassle the Hoff. So, you know, he loves it. Uh, Pierce, the British guy who's supposed to be mean, he loves it. It gets to Sharon Osbourne. Yes, Ozzy Osbourne's wife. Don't judge me. Um, and she goes, you know, that was incredible, but you seem so sad. You seem so sad. And it was just apparent that this, this girl, she was pouring her heart out on stage. 
but it was apparent that, that she was crippled, that there was a boldness. So she ends up going, you know, the distance on the show. She gets into like the final 10 or the final five or something like that. And, and, and the feedback they gave her every week was, you're not confident enough. You're not bold enough. Like you are so much better than the way you carry yourself. You carry yourself in such a way as you don't think that you're good, but you are incredible. This girl is crippled by this relationship. So after that first audition, and, and they give her a standing ovation, the judges say all these beautiful things, she goes, and now she gets debriefed by Jerry Springer. Don't judge me. <laughs> Jerry Springer, you know, does the little debriefing. And this, these are some of the things that she says. Because Jerry Springer's like, you know, how do you think you did? Whatever. Uh, you know, what do you think your dad would say? And she goes, I hope, I hope that he would be proud of me. I hope that he would be proud of me. She said that she hoped that he would want to take her in his arms and tell her that he was proud of her. This accomplished musician who just is, I mean, just incredible. And you just hear these cries out of, I need to hear from my father that he approves. I need to hear from my father that he is proud of me. This desperation that she has that, that, is, that literally is affecting different areas of our lives and she might not even be able to connect it. She might not even be able to see it. But that's what I want to explore <laughs> in the negative two minutes that we have left. Um, <laughs> this aspect of our life, this idea that there is a desperate need, and I believe this to be true for all of us. We all have the same need for acceptance and a, I'm not a psychoanalyst, psychologist. I'm not that guy. But I can tell you, I believe from the scriptures that we all have this need, this desperate need for approval, for acceptance, for, for someone to see us at our core, to see us totally exposed and say, you have been judged and found worthy of acceptance. You have been judged and found worthy of approval, of love. I am proud of you. This is a, a desire that I believe that we all share it's like any movie. If you ever see any movie that really moves you, okay? I'm talking not just a regular chick flick, but a, a movie that really moves you. The love, in, not just, a, maybe a chick flick for chicks, um, where the love interest, that's what, it, that, it always comes, you know, to all of the stuff that's happened that she's been trying to hide or that he's been trying to hide. It all comes to light and the love interest says, I don't care. I don't care. I look past all of that because I love you. I accept you. I know all these things about you. I know you in ways you don't even know about yourself. And I accept and I approve of you. And that resonates within us because we share that desire because we have been created that way. Ever since the fall of man, I believe, there has been a desire for that, for that res restoration of life. Because I believe we had it. We knew God's approval. We knew that in, in, in the garden before we found out that we were naked, before we figured out that we, we were failing. Many of us have sought that approval from fathers. I don't know why, but fathers seem to be a big uh, source that we, that we go to and that we look for it. And we have, we have sought that approval and acceptance from fathers that never gave it, that never said those words, I am, I am proud of you. I accept you. I have seen you. I have, I have judged you. And you have come up worthy. We seek it from fathers. I think about my son. And he'll, he'll say something like, Daddy, I'm fast. 
And I'll go, yeah, you're fast. And he goes, am I? <laughs> you know? Like, really, what he's saying is a question. Are you going to give me that approval? Are you going to confirm this about me? I mean, he says it in all, I mean, swimming, running, anything. He'll, he'll say, oh, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. And you go, yeah, am I? I need, I need to hear you say that. I need to know. He's, he's seeking that approval, that acceptance. Some of us have sought it in boyfriends or girlfriends, and we work so hard to hide the pieces that we don't want them to see. In those relationships, we're, we're scared. Well, if they, if, they, if they saw this piece of me, then they might not accept me or approve of me or love me in the way that I need, this desperate need that I have. Or maybe we've sought it from, from our children. As we get older, we begin to, to, to think about the way that we raised our kids. I think about the mistakes I've already made. It's like, my kids aren't even that old. But I think about mistakes that I've made, and we seek it in our children to accept and to give approval to us because we share this need. And some of you, what I'm trying to do right now is I'm trying to encourage us that all of us share it. And then even if right now you're saying, no, 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 not me. I'm not a people pleaser. I don't care what people think. You know, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and I don't care what people think. Well, why is that? Why is it that, that, that you're like that? Maybe it's because you've given up. Maybe it's because you've given up on finding that kind of acceptance and approval. And you've, you've led yourself to the point of having to build yourself up. I'm, I'm good enough. Oh, yeah, I'm smart enough. I'm, I'm all over it. I'm awesome. And you're building yourself up because you haven't found the acceptance and the approval that deep down you really want. Maybe you've hardened your heart and you don't even want people to know who you are. And so you just go from relationship to relationship because once they know enough about me, I don't want to deal with them judging and telling me that I haven't come up worthy. And so I just move on. Next relationship, next person. Maybe we've turned to addictions. We've self-medicated ourselves so we don't have to deal with it, so we don't have to think about this. But all of us have shared this and, and the fear is that this morning, even after taking communion, even after worshiping God, the fear is that some of you even now believe that it's impossible to receive that kind of approval, that kind of acceptance, that kind of love. This desire that we have was never meant to be met fully in a person. I just don't believe that any person, that that, that was why we have it. I believe it is to draw us back to a right relationship with God. Jesus says it like this in Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. When I hear that, if I'm totally honest, that has nothing to do with me. Whenever I've read that in the past, I've said, what? Oh yeah, righteousness is, hey, good for you. Get some good righteousness, but... For me, that's not really something that I hunger and I thirst for. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm not really, I'm I'm working on unrighteousness. I'm going to be more righteous today. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not part of our language. But but this is something that um, a couple weeks ago, Tim Keller, uh, I heard him him, him say this, and it was just, it just resonated with me. He said that seeking for righteousness is seeking for approval. It's seeking for the right relationship with God. And when they heard this, it's amazing. Go do a word study on righteousness. It's incredible um, the depth 
of this word. In the career group on Thursday, you know, we got to explore what do we think this, this word even means. And there's just so much depth to it. When they heard Jesus say, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Good news, Jesus says. Good news for all of you who have hungered and thirsted for that right relationship, for a relationship that was filled completely, that, that was absolutely the way that it was designed to be. Blessed are, are you, you who have sought that. Because in the gospel, you will be filled. This is righteousness in the, in, in the real meaning of the word. And I think that the hard part is there's two dimensions of this word, of righteousness. The one aspect of it is the right relationship. To be in a righteous relationship means that our, our relationship, it's there, it's right, it's strong. But there's another part of it, which is our behavior, that we would have a righteous behavior to reflect the relationship that we have. And the problem is we've gotten it, the order kind of reversed. And we thought that, well, if we get our behavior correct, that that'll lead to relationship. Rather than from the relationship, our behavior changes. Our behavior reflects the relationship that we have. Because we have a righteous relationship with God, we should begin to reflect righteous relationship or righteous behavior. Because of that relationship, it comes out in us. And that's a different way of approaching righteousness. And I believe that that is fundamental to the gospel and to the teaching of Jesus. When he came against the religious leaders of the day, that's what he was trying to tell them. Pharisees, Sadducees, you guys are seeking righteousness by changing your behavior. You're trying to earn relationship with God, but righteousness is more than just the way that you act. And the good news is, I'm here to offer you that relationship right now. That's what Jesus is saying. And he's changing it fundamentally from then on. In Christ, <laughs> we have attained righteousness. And this is something that we need to hear this morning. This is from Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 24. Can you really put a verse from Romans up when you're 11 minutes? <laughs> Let's just go through this really quick. But now a righteousness from God, a righteousness from God, a restored relationship, everything that we need for good relationship from God, apart from the law, apart from observing proper behavior, you know what the law was? The law showed us what righteous behavior looks like. The law shows us the type of behavior we should have in a right relationship with God. It showed us how desperate we were for another path because there's no way we were going to live up to it. There's no way our behavior was ever going to be that way. Okay, so Paul says, apart from the law has been made to known to us to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, not on behavior, based on faith, based on believing in the person of Jesus Christ. There's no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. We've all, we've all fallen short. We've all messed up. We don't reflect in our behavior the type of relationship uh, that we, we desire to have with God. And we are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Justified, you don't see the relationship between the words in the English, but justified and righteousness, they're related. And the idea is that we have righteousness. In other language in the, in the New Testament, it says that we are the righteousness of God. 
If we can just see ourselves that way, if we can just come to believe that we are the righteousness of God, if we can just live from that relationship, our behavior starts to change. It's a vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle. Classic example. You could do this with any, any behavior pattern you want in the Bible. The Bible is filled with righteous behavior. You should do this. You should do that. This reflects the relationship. But when you get it wrong, you get in this vicious cycle. And you say, you know what? I know I, know I need to tell people about Jesus. I need to tell, you know, because the Bible says it. I should go. I should tell people that I love Jesus, you know. And if I do that, then maybe Jesus is going to love me. The problem is when you go and you tell people about how Jesus loves you, but you don't really believe it, you're not doing us any favors. Nobody's going to follow Jesus because you're telling, Jesus is awesome. And, and if I tell you this, then maybe he's going to love me. If I tell you this, then, then maybe it's going gonna, it's gonna to be true. And you force yourself to do this behavior when you don't believe the relationship is there. And in, in your mind, you're thinking, I'm so bad at it. So then I can't have the relationship. Jesus changes it. He breaks the vicious cycle and he says, no, it no longer depends on your behavior. The relationship is there. And guess what? I want to go tell my friends about Jesus. Do you see the difference? This is the vicious cycle that he came to break. And it, and it explains why in the scriptures it talks about how we have attained righteousness and yet we pursue righteousness. Paul in his letter to Timothy, 1 Timothy 6.11, he says, but you man of God, flee from all of this. Flee from all of the junk, all the unrighteousness that can happen in your life and pursue righteousness. Godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Pursue these things. You've already received the righteous relationship with God. Let that be your empowerment to go and change and become all these other things. Let these things begin in the language of the scriptures to manifest, to manifest in your life, to show up in your life. That righteousness would now show up in your life. This morning, man, I hope this is encouragement for you. I hope this is identity for you. As a matter of fact, this is what I want, this is what I want you to do. We don't always do this, okay? I, I've, I don't think I've ever done this before. But I want you to say, I am the righteousness of God. And wait, wait, but before you say that, let me tell you, you are the righteousness of God. Let me make sure you understand. There are, I have, I have pages and pages of scripture that talk about the righteousness that you received that was credited to you. I want you to believe this, okay? Go, check the scriptures, search them out. You have received the righteousness of Christ. This is absolutely, unequivocally, in the Bible, you have received the righteousness. You need to believe that because, again, if you don't, if you don't believe it, your behavior is not going to change. You're not going to become what you are. You're not going to live up to what you've attained because you don't know what you've attained. So this morning, this is what I want you to do. I want you to say, I am the righteousness of God. Ready? Let's say it. I am the righteousness of God. We'll say it one more time. I am the righteousness of God. Now, don't go tell all your friends at lunch, I am the righteousness of God. Unless they were here. If they were here, that's cool. But otherwise, they'll think you're weird. But think about that. I want you to reflect on that for this week. You are the righteousness of God. You have received the righteousness of God. You no longer have to seek approval. He's given it to you. He's given it to you, independent of the things that you've done, independent of your behavior. He has given you that righteousness. It's a gift given freely, bought with a price that we celebrate in communion through Jesus Christ. Let me pray for us. Lord, I pray that right now you would pierce our hearts, our hard hearts, Lord, for those of us who have sought approval for so long and have not received it. Pierce our hearts this morning. Let us 
see ourselves the way that you see us. By your spirit, God, I pray that you would speak identity into our lives right now. God, give us pictures of who we are in you. Give us pictures of the righteousness that we have received and help us to change, to be transformed. God, give us boldness. Fill us with confidence so that we can attack the problems that we're facing, that we can attack the struggles that we're in, that we would be filled with a boldness that comes from righteousness. Please, God, empower us to live a new way to follow this path of righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen.